This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, this is Cruise Control, that car show here on BFM. Now, it's me, Rich Bradbury, and of course, I am joined by my friend and only companion this week, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Richard. So nice to, you know, hear your voice and uh, we're back on the show again. Thank you for having me again. And where's Ali? I don't, I was going to ask you the same thing. He seems to be missing this week. Where, where do you think he's gone? He's probably gone to buy a new car. He, he may well have gone to buy a new car. I don't know where he is this week. Yeah, I mean, I think all, all the excitement of talking about cars and reviewing cars, I think he's finally decided, hey, it's time for me to get an electric car. You know, that or the weekend politics maneuvering could have, you know, tied him out. You never know. Maybe, um, maybe. But of course... It is a car show. We have three parts today. We've got local and global news up front, followed by a discussion on how the Peridua Alza makes the best taxi for Malaysians to use, according to Daniel, a test drive at the end of the show, BYD Dolphin, a two-hour drive that he had from KL to Putrajaya. Uh, but first, of course, we've got some local news. Starting off with the Netta V electric car selling price dropping down to 80,000 ringgit. How is this possible? I'm telling you, this is not surprising at all. Not surprising uh-huh. at all. Now, the reason why I say not surprising because Netta V was launched a few months ago and, you know, it did a big, big launch at the Malaysian Auto Show. The Malaysian Auto Show is run by the government, uh, mm. government agency, and they did it at the Maps in Sedang. And Netta V was the hottest topic there. And they said, okay, um, of course, at the, at the first launch, they said, okay, you know, we're going to do this at 99,000 ringgit. So yeah. everybody was saying, whoa, the first electric car to come just below 100,000, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were discussing it just two weeks ago, right? Or, yes. And yeah. and I don't know if you remember this, but at that time, a week or so before, I did a guesstimate of the price to be about mm. 88 to 89,000 ringgit. I remember that, yep. Yes. So they launched the car at eight, at uh, ninety nine thousand, and you know there was a lot of a uh, lot of social media activity because why this is now a car that hits the, the the middle class and the lower middle class in terms of getting into the electric car ownership. Okay? That sweet spot. Yes, and if you look at the shape of the car, it's a little bit deceiving in terms of size because it mm. looks like a like a crossover, you know, like maybe a Hyundai Kona kind of size, right? Mm, mm. But when you get the car, which we did, we got to test drive it. When you get the car up close and personal, it's small, dude. It's like an Axia. Oh, is it? Yes. It's just sitting a little bit higher because it's got that, that whole you know, race platform for the battery system and all that, which a yeah. lot of electric cars are doing right now. So, of course, at the Malaysian Auto Show, a lot of people saw it. And then when they went, when they went up close and touched and feel, they say, hey... This car not that big, you know? <laughs> but there was still a lot of excitement because it promised a lot of things. It promised good driving distance, a yeah. lot of tech, which comes with all Chinese-made electric cars. And they said special offer at the show, 89,000 ringgit for the first few customers, right? Mm, mm. And the deliveries was going to start in a few months' time. Mm. Now, unfortunately... That has not really happened. It's not become a runaway success. There's always a but, Daniel. Yes. And... We just heard yesterday that they've dropped the price down to 80,000 ringgit. Okay, hear me out on this then. A couple of weeks ago, we said if a car was below 100,000 ringgit, I, I, quote me if I'm wrong, to get to that 100,000 ringgit price bracket, you had to put in all these additional things, blah, 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 to make it up to 100,000 ringgit. Yes. Right? So how have they done this? How have they managed to do this? Okay, so 
first of all, this is a, a new startup in China. It's called Hozon. That's the producer of this car, you know? Right. Um, Hozon, not a lot of experience in this. And then, of course, the battery tech is, you know, a little bit questionable because why? You've got the big players like Great Wall Cherry and, of course, BYD with great battery tech. And then you've got Geely, which has got a whole bunch of electric brands under their, yeah. their portfolio, right up to, to Lotus and Volvo and Polestar. And they've got great battery tech. Now, if you look at all that, then suddenly you see these people, you know, you know, Malaysians are getting a little bit wiser. They're doing a little bit more research. Mm. They're actually reading dsf.my and <laughs> finding out, you know, what's good, they what's were not before. so good. Come on, they were before. Yes, yes, thank yeah. you. So when they see all this, they say, hey, you know, you know, maybe we should, you know, hold back a little bit. And on top of that, if you check online, Neta, the company has put up a, a mm. big factory. They're putting up a big factory in Thailand to produce the Neta V and some other models for the region, right-hand drive cars uh, for the region. Right. Now, by doing that, they also launched a Neta V in Thailand a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Now, coming back to your question, how did they bring the price down? And maybe some other questions like, are they still making money? Well, they're still making money even though they bring the price down because in Thailand, with their incentives... The car is selling for sixty-eight thousand ringgit. Oh, okay, yeah. Now, if sixty-eight thousand ringgit is the price in Thailand, I would assume they can sell it here for about the same price, simply because there is no tax on electric cars. Yeah, yeah. As we've so said time and time again. Yeah. So if there's no tax, it should be about the same price. So their first price of ninety-eight thousand shows a very handsome profit margin. Hmm. Mm. And then now with the price going down to 80000 I still think there's, there's a decent profit margin. So you heard it here first. There will be another price drop. <laughs> All right. And it, it is sold with a 10 years uh, warranty, right? Uh, 200,000 kilometers or, or yes. 10 years. Yes. Five years are up to 150,000 kilometers for general parts warranty. And eight, year, eight years are up to 180,000 kilometers for the EV high voltage part warranty. Not bad at uh, all, eh? Not bad at all. But the question now, and I'm going to, and I'm going to say this is this is what social media has been asking me, not uh -huh. me claiming this. Social media has been asking me, will they be around five years from now? That's a very good question. Because I'm not talking about the local dealership, but I'm talking about Neta and Hozon in China. Because recently yeah. there's been news coming out of China that some electric car manufacturers, not the big. Not the big ones like Cherry and, and BYD and Great Wall and, and Geely, but the others who have rushed into this game, they are starting to close down. Some of them who were even at the recent Shanghai Motor Show have already gone bankrupt and shut down. Oh, that's not good news. Yes, because this game is a very difficult game. And if you don't have economies of scale yeah. and you don't have government funding, you can't go very far with this, you know? Yeah, yeah. So well, I think that is the next question that people are going to be asking. Something to think about then, if you're thinking yeah. about investing in one of these things, at a decent-ish price for Malaysian markets at least anyway. Yes. What else have we got then? There's a Honda City facelift, right? Yes. So Honda has now brought in a facelift of the new city. The current city is already two years old, selling very well. Um, yeah. Since its launch in 2002, they've sold you know thousands of units. And the Honda City name, I don't know if you know this, but the Honda mm. City name has actually been around for a couple of decades, you know? Yeah, yeah. The first Honda City was a 1.3, little, you know, compact, little car, uh, mm -hmm. probably the size of a current Saga. 
And, you know, you know, it was like 60,000. It came from the factory in Thailand. Nothing special. Over the years, it just grew in size, grew in features, grew in tech and all that. Mm. Now comes at the perfect time. Because why? A few months ago, Toyota launched their Vios. Mm-hmm. Now, the Vios and the city have always been side-by-side competitors. Yeah. Now, the Vios came in two variants, both priced in their nine, you know, ninety over thousand ringgit. So a lot of people raised their eyebrows and said, "Oh, why isn't there a lower price version at eighty plus?" Now at that time, Honda had a lower price version to rival it at eighty thousand ringgit. But then they said, "You know, I think, uh, and this is an ASEAN car, right?" So Honda ASEAN said, "Hey, you know, let's nudge the the boys at Toyota and give them something to you know talk about." <laughs> so they facelifted the city. Gave it a more pronounced, sharper-looking front end. It's got a snout. It, yeah, and it looks more European now, you know? Yeah, it does, yeah. Uh, rear bumper treatment, you know, alloy wheels. And then on yeah. the inside, they added more tech like Honda Connect. I, I don't know if you know about Honda Connect. I'll, I'll explain it later. But uh. more importantly, they've added all these things. And they've just put the price up a little bit, little bit. So the facelift of this Honda City starts from 85,000 ringgit. Oh, to 112. So a lot of people say, okay, 85,000 ringgit, I've got something that's better priced than the Toyota Vios, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Then, because they've got four variants, they've got the City S, the City E, the City V, and the City RS. But with the facelift, they've also brought in the City E HEV, just the highest spec at 112,000 mm-hmm. ringgit. So what you get with this is you get, you know, the VTEC. Uh, Atkinson uh, cycle engine with EHEV mm. powertrain. So you've got great power, good economy. You've got full Honda sensing, safety features, electronic parking brake, auto brake hold. But the most interesting thing, like I said just now, is Honda Connect. And what is Honda Connect? Honda Connect is basically a feature, it's a tech feature, which the Europeans have been having for some time now. But now okay. they brought it. they brought it into a Japanese car. So this okay. is basically um, an app which you put on your phone and you can start working all the features in the car, like safety, security, and convenience features, okay? Can you start it from your phone? Yes. No. Yes, and you can get the aircon running, and you can do a lot of things. Now, the features are a lot, and it's best that you just go to DSF and read about the features because it's too long to mention. But this is something which the Europeans, like I said, have been having it before, and now you get it in a vehicle costing about 110,000 ringgit. Now, at the lower-priced cities, you can get Honda Connect. All you need to do is, it's an option for 1,500 ringgit only. And of course, that, that everybody's going to have it. Yes. So what I think is going to happen is, a whole bunch of people are going to go into the showroom with a budget of about 80 over 1,000 to buy the lower-spec city. And then they're yeah. going to see Honda Connect and say, okay, I've got to add 1,500. Now, yeah. adding 1,500 means, okay, you get Honda Connect. But then they say... Now my price has gone up to almost, you know, nearly 90,000 ringgit. May as well get the E. Uh, exactly. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I, I stretch my monthly installment and get the higher spec car because, you know, it's got nicer wheels, it's got better mm. interior, it's got other added features. And then I say, you know, after all, I don't really need to drink premium coffee every day. Ah, you know, and then I the guy's going to say, hey, bro, you know, just for another 5,000 ringgit, you get alloy wheels, you get leather ah. interior. Uh, LED headlights. Yes. And then you must remember, in Malaysia, Richard, I'm sure by now you know, at five, six, seven years later, when they want to sell this car to upgrade, the mm. highest spec models always get better value. Right. They depreciate slightly less simply because 
when a person is buying a second hand car by then maybe the car is worth say 40 50 60000 i'm talking at after some time mm. you can check with with all brands the person buying second hand will say hey since i'm buying second hand the car is depreciated i might as well buy the high spec you know that's right yeah yeah so the lower spec vehicles always lose out in terms of you know resale value so in the long run and if you talk to anybody in any car brand in any segment they always say the higher spec sells more even though people come in looking for the lower spec vehicle okay yeah. right uh, that's all the local launches that we have then but we do have some global launches uh, something a little bit exciting the uh, limited jdm uh, nissan skyline nismo oh sounds interesting right it does yeah so what is it what is it what is jdm nismo no, i know what nismo is and i know yeah. what jdm is Okay so JDM is Japanese domestic market Nismo of course is the tuning arm for Nissan okay Yeah yeah So oh, Nissan has been gosh. really quiet for the longest time right Mhm And if you remember if you look at the pictures now you're going to be a little bit surprised or maybe if if you if you really understand this uh, I, I'm happy Skylines Nissan Skylines yes. have always been two door supercars right Yes But you're looking at a four door car right I'm looking at a four door car the the front of the Nissan Skyline I recognize Right. The back though not so much. Okay. So if you're looking at this car right now and if you later on you can google Infinity Q50. Okay. okay. Want, you if know I'm going to have to do that now. <laughs> you keep talking while I do that. Okay. So when you google Infinity Q50, basically Nissan is the owner of Infinity. Infinity cars is their luxury division. Like Toyota has Lexus for their luxury division. Nissan has Infinity. So Have you got have oh, you got the picture out right now? I yes oh, oh yeah yeah okay. uh-huh, uh-huh. So the Infinity Q50 has been around for some time. This is a car that the platform was shared with Mercedes when they came out with the C-Class. This is a long story we won't go into it. So the Infinity Q50 has been selling well, it's been doing well, but Infinity in Malaysia has not done as well so they they had to retire the business few years ago. Meanwhile, mm. The Q50 has been a popular car around the world in countries where Infiniti is doing well. In Japan it sells very well. But somehow or other the Japanese they they did their research or whatever and they said people want four door sports sedans. Yeah. So I they can took see the, why. Yeah. So the Infiniti Q50 was upgraded, facelifted, a new model came out and instead of calling it uh Infiniti Q50 Mark 2 or whatever, they gave it another name. They gave it another name, Skyline. but using a Nissan badge. Oh. So now I can sell it as a Infiniti as a luxury vehicle. Right. And I can sell it as a Skyline performance hot sedan mm. for people who maybe, you know, maybe the former Skyline owner now has got four kids, he needs more space. This, see, this is what I'm going to ask you, right? Mm. For those Skyline purists, how right. do you think they're going to take this? They will not agree to Right. <laughs> I, I yeah. will tell you this. I will tell you this. If I'm a Skyline owner right now, two door Skyline or RB30, RB35, whatever lah, you know, whichever yeah, model, yeah. Uh, whether it's the newest one or even the oldest one, the oldest one are very expensive right now. I will not look at this car. Yeah. I will say sorry. This is not a Skyline to me because this is a four door sedan. And right. the funny thing is, Nissan says they're only going to be making one thousand one hundred units of this car. It's going to be very limited, and it's only for Japan. Now, when they say only for Japan, at some point it might come to Malaysia as a grain port and all that. Yeah. But after we did this article, and then we googled, you know, a few days ago, this was done about a week ago, and then we googled the information yesterday. Yeah. It's already sold out in Japan. Wow. So there were one thousand one hundred people who said, "No, I want it. I like this idea of a four-door, you know, Skyline." 
and I'm willing to pay the money because there will still be some people who says, you know, I can't live with a two-door car. I need a four-door car. And, you know, with 420 horsepower, 550 newton meters, you're going to get a lot of fun out of this. Yeah, exactly. And it's for those people, I'm guessing, who probably already had a Skyline at some point in their, you know, early 30s, late 20s, early 30s, yes, then had a yes. family, had yes. to get rid of the Skyline. Yes. And, you know, and now they're like, actually, well, there's a four-door version now. Yes. We could get one of those. Yes. Or it could even be a guy who used mm. to have a Skyline and then he got married and had a couple of kids and the wife said, okay, you got to sell your Skyline. No more fast cars. Yeah, no exactly. more fast and, and, and furious. Buy yes. yourself a photo sedan. Then he, he went to the showroom and saw this and said, okay, my wife said, very simple. No, <laughs> no, more, no more sports car. No more two-doors. Uh-huh. I buy a four-door car. It's okay. Win, but win. it's still Skyline. Win-win. <laughs> yeah, win-win. Yeah. So he now, comes home and the wife says, what is this? You said four-door car. <laughs> you did not say no four-door car. So we, we know there's only a thousand units over in, in Japan. Yes. Um, likelihood, of course, of it, it, it's not going to be reproduced then after this. Or are they just, what do you think? Well, I think Nissan, uh, in the past, from what I understand, Nissan has always kept its word when he said, okay, I'm only producing so much and that's it. You know, I don't think they'll reproduce more. But they might come out with a different version, maybe with the bigger Infinity vehicles. Because Infinity has got a whole range of vehicles. Right. You know, if, if its success is so good, I'm thinking, you know, the guys at Nissan should say, listen, we've already sold this out. We've made some decent money. Let's take the others and also trick them out factory-wise mm. mm. and also do this limited edition 1,000, 1,000, 1,000 units and, you know, boom, you've got mm. a whole bunch of cars going back into the market and the Nismo name lives on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's appealing in its own way. Yes. I have to say, 420, you know, 550 newton meters of torque. Yeah. It, you know, this, it, this it, is something... Things going to shift. Yeah, this is something which you put against AMG, uh, you know, BMW M cars, you know, and and you have a bit of fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, we've got, I think, space for one more before we have to take a break. Yes. Uh, And this is fairly big news, right? This is the biggest news for the week. Biggest news. And I'll tell you why. Because Mitsubishi has been quiet for such a long time. Mm. Now, in Malaysia, you know, people have asked, hey, Mitsubishi is still around. I say, yes, they're making the Triton, they're making the Expander. And surprisingly, the Expander is the best-selling MPV in its segment. Yeah, yeah. You know, at 99,000 ringgit. You might not notice a lot in Klang Valley, but actually, they're selling very well outside Klang Valley. And of course, in Klang Valley also. But outside Klang Valley, it's the best-selling vehicle you can see around. It's it's neck-to-neck with the national cars, right? Mm, mm. And then you got the Triton. And again, some people say, oh, I really got a... Yes, before the latest Triton came along, they've been selling the last Triton, which has been around for six, seven years, very well, especially, again, outside Klang Valley, where there's a lot of people who use pickup trucks. And because they have a few variants, you know, it starts from the farmer's version to the plantation version to the boss's version. Yeah, yeah. And I think it still looks rather fresh. Yeah, I like them. Yeah. Now, on top of that, Mitsubishi has been well known for reliability, after sales, Everything going for it. Okay. But in Malaysia, they've only had two products. So Mm. it was time for them to get a third product. So everyone was guessing that the ASX, the ASX has been around 10 years. It's probably, to me, the first real crossover that came to Malaysia, the ASX, 10 years ago. Mm. 
you know it sold well initially then it started to you know sort of taper off because the competition came in very strong especially the Honda HRV then recently the Toyota Corolla Cross and then you got all the other brands whether it's Korean or Japanese or even Chinese brands so the mm. AXX slowly disappeared and there was a strong rumor we also thought about it that the new ASX will come to Malaysia mm. Because it was launched in Singapore a few years ago quite successfully. But it didn't come simply because they didn't have a localized ASEAN version. So if it's fully imported like what they do in Singapore, with the taxes and everything, it'll be about 180 to 190,000 ringgit, maybe even 200,000. Right. Now at that price, there is no way it can do major major sales. It'll do a nope. handful of sales. And you know, to bring in a vehicle for just a handful of customers, it doesn't make sense because you have to stock spare parts. After sales, you've got to do product training and everything else. Especially after people have been waiting for the next one. You know, and you're yes. going to be pricing them out of the market already. Yes. And then, of course, there'll be social media warriors saying, how can it be so expensive? You're cheating people and all that. But it's not cheating. It's just taxes. We yeah. are burdened with a lot of taxes. Yes. Okay? So now comes a new Mitsubishi Compact SUV. Now, this compact SUV has got a rather interesting name. X-Force. X-Alphabet F-O-R-C-E. Now, I thought, it was a, <laughs> I thought it was a concept car name. Oh. Because they teased it a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. And then when they launched it at the Gaikando International Motor Show in Indonesia last week, they said, no, this is their name. <laughs> <laughs> We're sticking with that. Yes. And I think <laughs> it's pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. Because Mitsubishi is saying, hey, my car full of force, you know. Now, if you look at the interior of this of this X Force, I I don't know. Do Do you remember the old Pajeros? I do. Yes. Yeah, the old Pajeros. You know the ones which the police used to ah. use it on the farmers. They used to have those three meters on the center dash top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this X Force has the same three meters, but now digital, of course, lah. You know. Yeah. So it tells you, you know, whether you're, 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 you know, up and down, you're north and south, and you know, your 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 lift and not lift, you know, you know, your tilt you angle, ah, tilt angle, everything. I said I got the right, mm. you got the right name, you know. So it's got all these little functions. Plus, you got a nice, uh, you know, uh, dual purpose uh, instrument display. Mm. Um, you got soft touch buttons. You got multifunction steering wheel. It's a nice, attractive interior. You got almost bucket like seats. And it's a 1.5. Now, this vehicle is going to be built in Indonesia, India factory. Right. And it'll carry a 1.5 liter twin cam engine. Now, this engine, of course, a lot of people are saying, oh, is it the same engine as an expander? Is it, you know, is it a powerful engine? Blah, blah, blah. We haven't got full details of what will come to Malaysia, whether there'll be one version or two versions. Uh, for Indonesia, they have two variants, but we don't know whether both variants will come to Malaysia. Mm. Now, a lot of people were asking, what will be the direct rivals? Okay? Mm. Mm. Now, initially, people were saying, oh, it's definitely going to be the Honda HRV. Okay? Okay, yeah. Now, looking at the stance of this, this Mitsubishi X-Force, you will tend to agree, yes. It's a, yeah. It looks like about the size of the current HRV. Mm. But I think, personally, I mean, looking at it in terms of the dimensions and everything else, I think it's been designed to be a direct rival to the Honda WRV. Oh, okay. Okay. Or somewhere in between. So that means it's also a competitor to the recently launched Hyundai Creta. Yes, the one we were speaking about a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And also the Peugeot 2008 PureTech. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at all the prices, the Creta is 149, a bit high. 
the the Honda WRV starts from 89 and goes up to 107. Mm, reasonable. That's why it's selling mm. so well. The Peugeot, it's been around already two years. So 125,000, a bit difficult to, you know, mm. make that move. But there's another competitor in terms of price, and that right. is the Toyota Corolla Cross. Ah. Of course, the Corolla Cross is bigger, right? Mm-mm. And the Corolla Cross is two-wheel drive. And the Corolla Cross has a bigger engine, a 1.8 engine. But the base model Corolla Cross, the 1.8G, is priced at 124000 Okay. So, what is the price in Indonesia? Now, the price in Indonesia, the launch price is 25000 US, which is about 110000 ringgit. Okay? Mm. Mm. Now, I'm guessing, you heard it here first, I'm <laughs> guessing a price if they bring in two variants, 99888 to 118888. 99888 to 118888. One, 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 eight, 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 eight. Okay. So, so I'm thinking there'll there, be yeah, somewhere yeah. in between WRV and somewhere in between Toyota Corolla Cross. Right. On that note, folks, we're going to take a short break. Of course, um, if you're only just joining us, we've just had some uh, local and some global launches. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes where we're having a discussion about why the Paradour Alza makes the best taxis for Malaysians to use. We'll be right back after these messages here on Cruise Control on BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm joined by Daniel Fernandez from dsf.my. Say hello, Daniel. Hello, everybody, and thank you for still listening to us. Yeah. If you're only just joining us, we had some local news about the Neta V compact electric car price drop. Quite a big drop there. Uh, the Honda City facelift. We had a limited JDM Nissan Skyline Nismo. Then the Mitsubishi X-Force revealed. Now, bringing things closer to home, the Peridua Alta. And according to you, Daniel, you're saying that it makes the best car to be a Malaysian taxi. Why is that? I'll tell you why. Okay, first of all, let's go back a, a little bit of history. The yes. Alza, the first Alza that came to Malaysia was, you know, it sold for about 14 years. 14 years. <laughs> okay. 14 years, one model. I mean, wow. What, what kind of silly money they must have made. But no one ever complained because it was just so reliable. It made so much sense. It even worked for single people. I know a single guy who was driving mm. an Alza for years and he just loved it. You know, because he had a bit of lifestyle. You know, he used to carry his bicycle and he liked, you know, traveling and he did a bit of uh, yeah. pottery and all that. I mean, he, he loved it. He loved it. And families also loved it. You know, even though it's a bit of a tight squeeze in the third row, but they still loved it because why? It was cheap and cheerful and it, it was reliable. That's a very important factor in yeah. this segment. Now, the next thing is after 14 years, the resale values are still very good. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. of course, a new Alza came. And a new Alza came, again, courtesy of Daihatsu and Toyota. Bigger, better, more spacious, more equipment, more tech, and, you know, better safety features. Mm, mm. And when it was launched, boom, runaway success. Runaway success. People were lining up to buy. You know, the funny thing with the, with the current Alza, the new one, I even mm. see it in, in expensive neighborhoods. Yeah, I've, I've seen a few, actually. Yeah, I mean, because you live in an expensive neighborhood. I was going to say when I came to, you, to visit you in your neighborhood. 
<laughs> you caught me there. <laughs> okay. So, actually, my neighborhood none, you know. <laughs> anyway, so you see the expensive neighborhoods. Why? Because even as a third, fourth, or fifth car, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, and of course, Toyota, the direct competitor to the Alza, had a car called the Veloz, which is twenty thousand mm. more. So, of course, you see that on the road also, but not as as often because of twenty thousand difference. So, the Alza has been doing very well. I've been seeing it on the road. You've been seeing it on the road. I test drove it. We've all we've all seen it. Fine, family driven, single people, older people, whatever. Suddenly, shockingly, last mm. week or two weeks ago, sorry, I was in the middle of town crossing the road, and I saw an Alza taxi. Right. Yeah. And I thought this is a one-off last. You know, some some fellas just thought, hey, hey, you know, because I've never seen an old Alza as a taxi. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next day, I'm just coming out of the LRT station in my neighborhood, and I see an Alza taxi waiting there. And I say, hey, so hey. when you mean taxi, you mean the red and whites, not red like white. the the hail, not, uh, the ride-hailing things. Not not any of the ride-hailing or all, any of the moving people. This is basically a red and white taxi with right. a little with a little taxi thing on top of the uh, on yep, top of the yep, roof, yep. you know. Yeah. And then I decided to take a drive to one of the dealers to ask them whether they're selling the taxi version because maybe there was a taxi spec. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay. But when I went to this big dealer in PJ, he said, no, we actually got a whole bunch of people buying it as normal tech, buying the normal version as a taxi. And he said, come, I'll show you at the back. So at the back, there were eight units already ready to be delivered as taxis. That means it's red and white, you know? Uh-huh. And I said, this is booming. He said, yeah, it just started and people are buying. And I said, okay, great. You know, this is great news. So I thought to myself, why, why would anyone want an Alza as a taxi? And then it made a lot of sense. Number one, okay, and I'm going to share this with the hope that people don't judge me for saying this, but just understand what I'm trying to say. Number one, it's priced right for six people to sit. Because why? It's got three rows. Mm-hmm. It's a seven-seater. But don't, don't count the driver because the driver is already bringing you, you know, yeah, as a taxi yeah. driver. So yeah. if you've got six people and you need a vehicle to say, you know, go to town or whatever, it makes perfect sense. It does. Yeah. You don't need to get an MPV mm-hmm. because you're traveling only to town. It's, you know, 15, 20 minute, 30 minute journey. Yeah. Then with the third row seats folded, it makes great sense for four people to go to the airport. And their luggage, yeah. yeah. Yes. Because I've used it. Uh, when, when I had the when I had the the test unit, I actually went to pick up a relative from the airport, and they had a lot of luggage, and we folded the third row, and you suddenly can put all the big bags and the you know and the shopping, and of course my duty free chocolate in the back, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, you've got a one point five liter engine, tried and tested, robust to the best, okay, yeah. and it's fuel efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now. Then you got the previous Alza that has been such a reliable vehicle for the ride-hailing industry. It just makes sense that this vehicle can be used as a taxi because ride-hailing is like taxi. They just keep driving and driving and driving. Mm. I've been in so many Alzas, you know, it, it, for, for when I grab my ride to work or bike. Right. And I've been sat in the back. It's so... It's perfectly sized, you know, yes. with that. Uh, and I know you're going to mention this as well, that climate control in the back as well. We all yes. know you've got the cab driver who'll turn around and say, hey, boss, uh, aircon okay in the back. Yes. You know, but with this, you have your own control. It's perfect. Yes. And you're a tall person. Yeah. You can sit at the back with enough legroom. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that's the great thing about 
but this new ulcer has got even more leg room, you know? Yeah. yeah. So if the right healing industry can already use it without a hint of complaint, this just makes perfect sense. Yeah. Then, like we said, rear climate control vents to show a comfortable ride for passengers. If you're traveling long distance to the airport or maybe you're just going, you know, maybe a one-hour journey somewhere and you've got mm. aircon at the back, you're not going to be complaining at all. That's right. Right. Then, rear loading height is low because it's not a van, because it's still a car. It's like a station wagon, literally, yeah. right? Yeah. You've got a yeah. low rear loading area. So, to put up big bags and all, you don't have to carry it up. You just have to just, you know, just nudge it up, you know? Just a little... Uh. And, uh, and then yeah. taking it off or so makes a lot of sense. And then if you're pick, picking up children with their strollers and everything else, mm, the, mm. the driver doesn't have to, you know, burden himself, you know? Yeah. Right. So shopping and everything else, no issue. Next, Perdua after sales is everywhere, dude. Right. You know, the whole of Semenanjung, Sabah and Sarawak, especially Semenanjung, everywhere. You get dealerships and after sales everywhere. So if you're using it as a taxi, Wherever you are, you're in trouble, you have a, you know something making a bit of a noise, the aircon compressor fails, you have to change your brake pads, you know there's a dealership. And here's the best part. Unlike some other brands, I don't want to mention the brands, they always have spare parts. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they always have spare parts. You don't have to wait long time. Because why? When your car is waiting, you're not earning money. Mm, mm, mm. So you want your car to go into the workshop, bam, 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 get it fixed, reasonable price, pay the bill, you're back out earning money. If your car yeah. is stuck for two, three days, waiting for some gearbox linkage, some radiator cap, uh, brake pad <laughs> servicing, you're not earning money. That's true. That's true. Okay. Finally, most important thing for anybody doing this industry, at some point within five years, I'll say five years because these cars don't go for more than five years simply because a year you'll be probably traveling 50, 60,000 kilometers if you're doing mm. taxi service. So mm. five years, you've done three, 350, even 400,000. Some guys I know have done 500,000. You want to sell it and get a new one because the car has already earned its value, right? Mm. You will still get pretty decent value because the next owner will still be thinking, hey, maybe uh, I can do right healing. Uh. <laughs> you know. They probably will, you know. Yes. They get it for I, a lower price. Doesn't yeah. matter. I do ride healing. Yeah. And you know if anything is going to go wrong with it, there's always a showroom. There's always a workshop just five Correct. minutes away. That's right. I agree with you on this. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing with me. Yes, I do. It makes perfect sense. It's a perfect vehicle um, for taxis in, in and around the Klang Valley maybe. Hmm. Uh, yeah. No, That's I think even, I like. even, if they, even, if it, even if they were to be long distance – Taxi, for example, Actually, yeah. taking yeah. people to Ipoh or Cameron yeah, Highlands yeah. or yeah. Malacca. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Because you've got the luggage space. It's plenty of space. The middle row is reasonably comfortable for two or th even three adults. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. We're going to have to take a break here, Daniel. I know we're having a lot of fun here, but uh, we're running out of time. So we've got to move on because we've got a car review to come up just after the break. So folks, don't go anywhere. You're still tuned into Cruise Control here on BFM 89.9. And when we come back, we have that car review. It's the BYD Dolphin EV first drive uh, from KL to Putrajaya. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9.
BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. We've got to move along a little bit, uh, but we do have our car review at the BYD Dolphin. Um, Daniel, tell us more about this. I know a lot of people are very interested in this vehicle. Now, this BYD, like the previous one, has been rocking the social media channels, okay? Now, the reason for this rocking is simply because when they said the price, nobody believed it. Nobody said, hey, BYD at this price? Yeah. You know? Now, I'll tell you the price. I'll start by telling you the price. The price is just, <laughs> it's it's quite it's quite shocking. From 99,000 ringgit. Yeah. Okay? So, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to what we were speaking about earlier in the show, the Neta V, and which started at 99,000 ringgit. Yeah, yeah. So now you will understand why Neta has pushed its price down and down and down and down and down. Mm. Because if you put it side by side with this dolphin, BYD dolphin, you will feel very inadequate. <laughs> okay. If you right. had bought a Neta V, if you're one of the early adopters to buy the Neta V at the 99,000 price, or even the 89,000 price, you see this dolphin and you'll say, hmm... I just shot myself in the foot with a bow and arrow. You know? Maybe you should have waited, huh? Yes. Because this car, first of all, it's bigger. It's not as big as the Ato 3, which is which was 150,000 ringgit. It's mm. it's smaller, but it's about the size of uh let's say uh Proton X50. Okay. Okay, maybe slightly smaller. But about that size. It's not mm -hmm. as high as the Proton X50 because it's not a four-wheel drive. It's more like a crossover. Like I said, these vehicles all sit a little bit higher because of the battery pack sitting underneath the floor plan. Mm. Um, so it's it's a nice vehicle. It's right size. Um, three people at the back can sit comfortably. Easily put three tall people at the back also, like yourself. Mm. Front legroom, ample. You've got full-size uh, front bucket seats. Um, at the back, the boot space might be a little bit small, but it's a two-tier boot space. So if you open it up, there's a deep area below because it doesn't carry a spare tire. You've got a tire repair kit, which a lot of electric cars do have. So you have yeah. quite a bit of luggage space if you put your your, your bag sitting upright. Okay, yeah, okay? I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. So hatchback, five people can sit comfortably. Enough luggage room, important because why? When you want to balik kampong, you want to go on a short holiday, you want to go on a staycation, you need all this in Malaysia. Very important. Indeed. Yeah. Then you got the driving. The driving is very important. Now, when we took it out, we, of course, we only had two hours with it, so we really didn't get to to you know abuse it as what we normally do. We didn't get to go and charge it or play around with the electric uh, uh, charging facilities and all that, which is not something it was a play with, I'm just telling you, like, you know. <laughs> so we got we got the 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 basic range, which does 340 kilometers, and we also got the extended range. So going to Putrajaya, the, uh, my colleague drove the vehicle, uh, the standard range, but coming back, I drove the extended range. So he, he okay. took the standard, standard range first, going up, which has 340 kilometers. Uh, it'll do 0 to 100 in about 12 seconds. It's got 180 newton meters of torque and 94 horsepower. Uh, so smaller battery, smaller motor system and everything else. Rear suspension is torsion beam. Doesn't really make a difference because even though the extended range which I drove back, uh, which runs a multi-link, it's, it's a little bit more better but it's not like a big difference because mm. electric vehicles already have good center of gravity because of the battery sitting below you. Because they're heavy. They're yeah. heavy. And so mm. this, this whole suspension system jargon doesn't really make a lot of sense unless you're, you're driving it hard, you know? Right, yeah. So that's fine. So with the extended range, you get 427 kilometers. 
which is okay. quite a big difference, right? Uh, that's yeah, yes, <laughs> substantial yeah. difference. And when you get the difference, of course, it's 87 kilometers. Now, 87 kilometers in real world, that's maybe extra 60 or 50 kilometers, okay? Right, yeah. Real world. But you get a 201 horsepower against the, the, the other version and 94 horsepower. And the torque is 310 against the previous one, which is 180. So 310 newton meters of torque is a lot. That means that your 0 to 100 is going to be considerably faster. Yeah, especially for a small vehicle like this. So yeah. it does 7 seconds acceleration. Wow. So you're wow. not in supercar territory, but you're in, you know, big sedan, uh, sporty. It's quick. Yeah, for it's what quick. It is. You know? So yeah. you have the driving dynamics and the fun factor of a car that is much bigger. And the extended range costs a little bit more at 125,000 ringgit. Uh, the standard range was what? The standard range is a hundred thousand ringgit, ninety nine nine hundred. Okay. What? So the difference is about twenty five thousand ringgit. Mm, mm. Now earlier when we spoke about it, the other car, we said you know why do people buy like the with the Honda City? Why do people prefer the higher spec? So here again, I think most people will go for the higher spec because you got the multi link suspension, not a big issue. Um, mm. You've got nicer color choices. You've got a full length glass roof. Okay? Nice. With a cover, with a full-length cover, powered cover. Then you got yeah. a wireless charging tray. You got, you know, slightly better entertainment features. Then you got the ad added driving range, you know? Yeah. So when you yeah. add all these little things in, you suddenly start seeing 20 over 1,000 ringgit, better driving range, better this, better that, better that. When I want to sell the car after five years, what does yeah. it say? Yeah, of course. As you said earlier on. Yeah, and the difference in the installment cost... Okay, maybe a, maybe two hundred over ringgit a month, mm. but if you're already, you know, investing in an electric car, think about it. You're going to be saving on fuel, and you're going mm. to be saving on maintenance, as they all say, because the maintenance costs less. So mm. why don't spend a little bit more money up front in terms of installments and get mm. yourself the extended range? It's, I mean, it's not a bad looking car. You know, it's a decent thing. Look at it. Yes, it looks fairly comfortable. I don't know. Would you buy one of these? If if okay, if I'm going to buy if, an electric car right now, if the infrastructure was in place, okay, if I was going to buy an electric car right now, say forget about what's happening with infrastructure or waiting and all that, I want to buy it right now. I think I will gamble on something like this because right. it's not that expensive. Yeah, it comes from a very reputable um, electric car company, BYD in China. It's you know you can Google it. You don't have to listen to me. It, their 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 credibility is huge. Yeah. Uh, they are also the manufacturers of some of the best batteries, you know, electric car batteries yeah. in the world. So that yeah. means, you know, your powertrain is going to be solid over the time. Mm -mm. Third, very important, in Malaysia, they're backed by Syme Darby. And, you know, with Syme Darby, you know your after sales, your reliability, mm -hmm. your spare parts, it's all going to be there. They're not going to play around with this, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm going for my first electric car, just like what the Ato 3 did, the you know, the sales were phenomenal. They almost hit 3,000 sales right now. I mm. think this will, will double that easily. Yeah. Because I if like you it. think, yeah, because if you think about it, if you're, if you're, if you're going to buy something uh, petrol powered and you think, mm. no, I think I want to migrate to an electric car and I think I want to be an early adopter, this would be a nice starter. And then for people with really too much money la, and they bought, you know, petrol-powered V8s and V6 and all that. But they want something just to run about. They want something just to do inner-city commuting. They want something to just go nearby. 
you know they are mm. not worried about charging infrastructure along the country because they got the other cars for that this mm. is something great to have at home and on that note let's wrap up yes Folks, thank you very much for tuning in then, of course. It has been Cruise Control, the car show in three parts. We started off with some local news into a bit of global news. And then our discussion, of course, was about the Paradour Alza, how it makes the best taxi for Malaysians to use, wrapping up with that test drive of the BYD Dolphin from KL to Putrajaya. All that remains is for me to thank Daniel for being on the show as per usual. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for having me again. Well, and without Ali as well, we did very well, Daniel. We should give ourselves a pat on the back. I'll and, give you a pat later. All right. And if you missed any part of the show, don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally get it from. We recommend the BFM app. And that's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. We'll be back same time, same place next week for Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.